Welcome back to Trip Talk Tech. We got a super dope show for you guys today. We are here in the building at C. Brown Properties Real Estate Firm with my guy, CEO and owner, Corey Brown. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Keith, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Hey, when I, when I reached out to you initially, uh, you know, I, I've been seeing you move around town, obviously, remotely. I've, I've, I've even kind of patronized you myself from time to time. Mm-hmm. And what I do see about you, and, and, and I see a lot, which kind of goes along with the whole trip talk thing, is your empowerment of people. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, you've not only, you know, with your investments, you know, obviously investing in the Baltimore City areas, mm-hmm. but uh, you've also taken that a little further and also just giving back to the community and helping our community to become investors and, and, and get a piece of that, that mm-hmm. pie as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like I said, I, I definitely think, number one, that needs to be recognized mm-hmm. and then just let you know that you appreciate it for that around town. Right? And I appreciate that. Um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, uh, growing up in Baltimore and, you know, coming from the hood, so to speak. Um, obviously, we went to school together, so we come from a similar environment. Um, I would be doing myself, the community, and uh, the youth an injustice if I don't give back, right? So um, anything that I work on, anything that I inspire to work on, it's always about paying it forward to our culture, not just the youth, but our culture in general, the black culture. So um, everything that I do, the real estate investing, um, my restaurant, Noah Restaurant Lounge, um, my mentor program, Millionaire Mindset, um, it's not about me, right? Um, obviously, I've been put in a position to, you know, learn certain things, but at this point, um, it's pertinent, it's, it's necessary, it's essential to give back, man. So, you know, I appreciate you recognizing that because a lot of people don't, um, they think it's just about money. And to be honest with you, it's not. It's not about money at all. Um, I, I, yes, I do want to make money, but the reality is, you know, um, this culture, Baltimore in general, um, we need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And if people like you and I don't stand up and give back, then we're doing, you know, we're doing a disservice to our folks. So definitely, definitely. And you made a good point. We went to the same school, mm-hmm. so I understand your your beginnings. We, mm-hmm. we 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 come from the same environments. We come from the same grind, that same mud. But for that kid that looks at you now with the suit, mm-hmm. with the nice clothes, with the nice cars, and says, well, somebody had to give Corey something. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm here to say I know nobody gave you nothing. Because right. I was right there and had That's nothing right. with you. But for that kid that, 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 that believes that you have to have something to get something, what do you, what do you say to that? Um, it is a couple things you have to have, but it's not handouts. Right, it's uh, it's faith, mm-hmm. um, it's grind, it's patience, and it's fortitude. Um, I wasn't given anything. I come from a very tough background. Um, parents come from a very tough background, so uh, I had no handouts. Mm-hmm. But I was persistent. I was determined. I had faith, and um, I just had a, a, a grind and a will to win. And uh, you know, so now I do mentor kids. I talk to kids. I talk to young adults. Because some people unfortunately do think that I come from a, you know, privileged background, and they and it couldn't be so far from the truth. Um, I like to engage with kids to let them know that if I could do it, you could do it as well, right? And that's kind of a part of my thing, right? I want people to know that this wasn't given. This was a real, 
a real grind. And to be honest with you, I'm just scratching the surface. I, I really haven't even um, got to the pinnacle of where I'm supposed to be. But in the process, I still want to reach back and let people know that um, this wasn't given. So, you know, again, being able to recognize that and obviously, you knowing me as having a relationship, being in school, playing sports, you know where I come from. But there are a lot of people that do see the um, uh, superficial items and think that it was given and it wasn't. So um, that's important. That's important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I know you have a millionaire mindset course mm -hmm. that, that teach real estate mm -hmm. investing. Uh, we'll talk about that real quick. But as far as investing itself. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I, I hear a lot of people try to get into real estate investment. I play with it a little a little bit. The question that always comes to me is how much do I need to start? Yeah. You know that I'm sure you get that question all the time. Mm -hmm. Without getting, I guess, in too many particulars, how can we help people that want to start? Yeah. So so my program and I'll just kind of give you a brief of the program. It's a millionaire mindset program where I basically teach people how to invest from start to finish. Okay. I'm a seasoned investor. I've been a real estate investor for a little over 20 years. I started when I was 21, 22 years old, and um, I didn't know anything. Okay. So the reason why I even started the program is because there are a lot of people that look like us that grew up in the same environments that you know, want to get out of the rat race of working for somebody else. Um, they want to blaze their own trail. They want to you know, kind of be their own boss. They want to create generational wealth. Um, real estate changed my life, right? I wouldn't be in a position to have my own real estate firm, to have my own restaurant, to even be able to teach people if I wasn't in a position of real estate in an early stage. Uh, I took a lot of bumps and bruises, so now it's my place to teach people um, to help that learning curve so they don't have to basically go through the same things that I went through. Um, so that was the, the reason and the goal behind even starting the program, right? Um, I've seen a lot of people that came into the investment business that felt like, well, I'll make a lot of money. So to answer your question, it's not really about the amount of money that you need. Mm -hmm. It's more about having the education, mm -hmm. right? My students, my mentees, I actually tell them I prefer them to not have any money because the reality is when you have money, um, you're a little bit more reckless with it than when you don't, right? So when I started, I didn't have money. So I, I had to be as careful as possible about the steps that I made. I had to be meticulous and I had to be educated because I couldn't afford to lose it, gotcha. right? It was my last, it was it, that was right? It. That was, it was all I had. And um, if I lost it, I didn't know if I was gonna get it back. So I like to work with those people who really um, don't have any money because their focus is, um, you know, it's a lot more narrow than those that have money. So, so let me get this, not to cut you off, no, it's okay. let, me, let, me, yeah. let me get this right. If I wanna, hook up with that millionaire mindset class, mm -hmm. really, if I'm in a position where I don't have a lot of cash saved up, I'm right where I need to be. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, obviously you will need money to get started. Understood. But the reality is you're a lot more focused because it's a lot more pressure on you to know that when I get my hands on some money, I'm educated. When you have money, um, and I've worked with athletes, I've worked with you know, business owners who are financially stable. Mm -hmm. And I've realized and I've learned that the focus isn't the same because they know that they have money from another, another resource. But if you don't know if you're gonna get it again, that little bit that you have, or if you don't have any, um, it's more of a, I can't mess this up. Yeah. Th this could be it. So again, when I talk to people, it's less about how much money you have coming in. It's more about get the education so when you do get your hands on money, you know what to do with it.
if I am a person that signs up for this course, mm -hmm. what do I get? What do, do I get anything tangible? Do I get time with you? Mm -hmm. How does that work? That's a good question. So there, there are a couple of things that you get. So my program is broken down into three different components, right? So I have a Millionaire Mindset Masterclass, which is, it's really an introductory to my program, right? Because there are a lot of people that's kind of tittering around with the idea of being an investor, but they don't really know where to start. They don't even know if they really want to be an investor. You know, everybody wants to be an investor or wants to be something great until it's time to put in the work. Yeah, exactly. So the master class is a three-hour class. I offer it every second uh, Saturday of the month, and it gives people an opportunity to kind of get their feet wet, come in, you know, meet with me, um, hear the basics of real estate, right? Kind of get the, the terminology, the lingo down, um, kind of figure out, do I really want to do this, right? Yeah. Is this something I want to take serious? Um, and I offer it to everybody. It's a very um, close-knit group. I, I only offer it to no more than 15 people in, okay. that, in that actual class. But it gives people an opportunity to really see if this is something that they really want to do long-term. So that's kind of like the first component. The second component, I offer my program in modules. So my program is comprised of nine different modules okay. um, from you know strategies of a buy-and-flip investor to how to build your team to... Um, you know, how to evaluate a deal. It's nine different components. So I offer each component um, in an a la carte situation. So I have some students that are already seasoned investors that may not want to know anything about wholesaling, but they do want to know how to evaluate construction. Okay. So they take that actual module. The modules are very reasonable. They range between 595 to 995. Nothing is more than $1,000 for the individual module. But I always encourage people to at least take two because each module is related to the next. Um, but it's very pertinent for people to get some level of education in whatever arena of investing that they want to go. So that's kind of like the second tier of the program. You can take any one of the modules that you like. It's not more than a thousand bucks. And generally they're with me for two to three weeks. Um, and we're going over that actual component in detail. Like I'm going to give you all of the information that you need about that particular module to make sure that you understand it. Um, I also, you know, answer questions. We meet twice a week for at least two or three hours and we really dig in. Um, the last tier, which is obviously the more expensive tier, but it's the more beneficial, is the entire program. So you have the opportunity to get all nine modules in addition to some bonus material. We do ride-alongs. I give you all of my resources. Um, and then I become a lifelong mentor. So as long as you are interested in being an investor, I'm here. I'm here via phone. We can meet. I help you walk through deals. My goal is to make sure that you accomplish your goal. So if your goal is to be a seasoned investor, to get your first property, to, to buy an apartment building, whatever that looks like, of which that's where my program starts. Like my program doesn't necessarily start with investing. It actually starts with mindset, okay. right? Because I want you to understand that this isn't an easy business. It's not a fly-by-night. It's not a get-rich-quick scheme. This is a real career that you're going to need to devote time, energy, um, patience to, right? Um, and, and again, uh, I don't think people understand that when they decide, oh, you know, I want to be an investor. It's just kind of a, it, they think it'll be a flip. And it's not. So my actual program starts with, let's get your mindset right. And then we get into the actual components of real estate. So um, it's good. You know, and all three people, I have people that take, each level, mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually in the middle of doing modules right now. A lot of people like the module because it's not as financially strenuous, mm -hmm. but it gives people the opportunity to decide kind of where they want to kind of stick that foot in. So that's an overview of 
the entire Millionaire Mindset program that I have. And then um, 2022, the plan is to put it online because I want to scale this. I want people that live in Singapore, that live in you know, Russia, that live in you know, other areas because real estate is real estate, right? It's not subject to one particular location. The object of real estate um, is, is worldwide. So I definitely want to scale it um, in, in, the, in the near future. So the plan is to put it as an online component um, probably early to mid 2022. Cool. That's, that, that was actually what I was going to ask yep. because we are a technology show and I was just wondering, again, is this a local thing or are you going online with this where, again, you can mentor remotely? Absolutely. Um, so again, I started the face-to-face just because I like the person-to-person interaction, I right? I like the idea of being able to ask questions of my students. But now that we are in a technology um, based world, mm-hmm. you know, you can do things via Zoom, you can do things remote, um, there's no limit, right? And then, you know, I want the, uh, the, the brand to reach that kid that lives in, you know, the lower end of Chicago. Yeah. I wanted to reach the kid that lives in, you know, Louisiana. I wanted to reach everybody, that single mom that decided, you know what? It's time for a change. It's time for a change. So I, I want to be able to reach everybody, but it started you know, obviously, uh, I started in my backyard, so. My God, my God, yeah. my God. So, circle back a little bit. Your passion, because mm-hmm. it sounds like you're real passionate, mm-hmm. dog. Mm-hmm. Like, really, when, when, when you talk about this, and again, I know you won a lot of awards when, when we were in school. Mm-hmm. We mentioned that. Uh, but going back, mm-hmm. thinking about that, mm-hmm. where did that passion come from? For that, Because, like you said, for that kid that might have that that whatever feeling in it. Yeah. What did did that look like for you? Um, So as I said before, and I briefly spoke on it, and I'm very transparent with regards to this because there are other kids that come from the same background. Um, I come from a tough background. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad was a heroin addict for 30 years. My mom was an alcoholic for 30 years. So I come from a very um, tough and trying background where a lot of people unfortunately don't see it out, Mm -hmm. right? They don't see that it is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I was blessed, I was fortunate but also it was something inside of me that basically said, you know, I'd be damned if mm-hmm. I let these circumstances defeat break. me or, or break me. And the reality is, my passion is there's some other kids, there's some other people that's facing the same thing that I was involved in that feels defeated. Mm-hmm. It's my duty to give back. It's my duty to let people know that um, the only defeat is within yourself. So that, that's kind of where it comes from. Got you, yep. got you. Got you. And that's a good point. You lead right into the kind of the philanthropy piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I know you move around town a lot. Um, are you doing anything that way? Are you planning to do anything for the downtown those lines? I am. Um, so right now I do speaking engagements. Um, I mentor kids. Mm-hmm. I coach. Um, I give my time to the youth primarily because there's a lot of misguided youth from their own parents, um, from the culture, from TV, from you know music. So kids need to be able to know that it's somebody that looked like me, mm-hmm. that came from my neighborhood, that went through the same struggles that I went through, that was able to, to make it out. Um, that was, when I was coming up, I didn't see much of it other than on TV, right? Yeah. So we saw the Jay-Z's, we saw the, you know, the Michael Jordans, the Allen Iversons, and we inspired to be those people. Um, but it has to be now somebody tangible that looks like you that they can come up and talk to me in my own restaurant and say, how did you do it? Right. So that 
um, brings a certain level of joy to me. So outside of just being able to move around, you know, my team, my publicists, they do a fantastic job with putting me in the right space to talk to kids. But outside of that, I'm working on um, an entrepreneur program okay. because outside of, um, in essence, I'm an entrepreneur, right? And there are a lot of kids that want to be entrepreneurs. There are a lot of people that want to be entrepreneurs. So I'm working on, and this is top secret, I'm giving you this information because you're my friend. We get it first. Absolutely. So um, I'm working on a large component where I'm basically putting together a program where I can go to different high schools and different universities and implement an entrepreneurship program that I'm able to marginally fund um, out of my own pocket to help these kids get off the ground, but also educate them. Because the reality is probably 70% of entrepreneurs don't really have a clue what an entrepreneur needs to, yeah. needs to know, right? They had a, there was a technician um, and um, they loved something and they decided, you know what? I'll do it for myself. I'll do it for myself, which is, a, which is a great idea. But the reality is there's so many different components to being an entrepreneur. And, you know, again, being transparent, I've made a lot of money and I've lost a lot of money. So. Yeah. Um, it's in my best benefit to help people that are interested in being entrepreneurs. You make a good point right there as far as entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. I've experienced that myself. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have some high highs and you can have some low lows. Absolutely. But what do you tell the audience that could be watching that did just what you said? You know mm-hmm. what? I got a skill. I do it real well. This is going to be my business. Mm-hmm. But then I hit a wall. Have you ever had had problems in or, or had in in your business run with CB Brown, C Brown Properties? Mm-hmm. Have you ever ran into that that point where, man, this ain't looking so good? Mm-hmm. I, I might you might have to pull out and, mm-hmm. and, and start something different. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, I have problems every day, brother. <laughs> this is not a this is not a game. This yeah, is real. Yeah, this this is this is real life right now. Mm-hmm. So yes, um, you know the the first thing that I always advise people to do, even when I you know, I have a, a, a consultation mentor program for business people, a little less structured, but um, you have to get educated in what you want to do, right? That's really where it starts. You can't jump into an industry and expect to do exceptional and you're not educated, right? So I tell people, and I do it myself, before I opened my restaurant, it was probably a year prior. I can't even tell you how many restaurants I went to, right? I asked questions, I talked to GMs because restaurant wasn't my thing. I'm a real estate guy. Yeah. But it's something that I wanted to do, but I felt like if I want to be successful, I need to really submerge myself in this business. Even till date, mm-hmm. I go to restaurants and I still talk to people because I'm not fully versed in what a restaurant tour looks like. And mm-hmm. But I want to be one of the best. I don't want to just open a restaurant and be the guy with a restaurant. I don't really care about that. I want to be one of the best restaurants that when the name comes up in the war, people are like, that's it. That's it. I, I've been there and I've experienced it. And it's, and it's, a, it, it's never, it's always a new experience, right? So there's always opportunity to learn. There's always opportunity to grow. So education is first. Definitely. But then when you run into that wall, because let me explain something to you. You're going to run into a wall. All the time. It's just how it goes. Um, you have to have patience and persistence, right? You have to have patience with the process and you have to persist through the, through, through the situation. Um, quit is never win. Win is never quit, right? I, I read a lot. And... Every multi-millionaire, billionaire pretty much says the same thing. You cannot expect to, to get any level of high uh, success without failure. without failure. That's a part of the growth. So th- those are the more two pertinent things that I would kind of 
um, say that it, that really is is really important. Get educated, whatever it is. If if you really want to do it, submerge yourself, and um, and and persist. I think you made a great point about the education, and you also circled on reading. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, again, we try to get to the bag, yep. but we don't do the educational things to keep the bag. Absolutely. Or to keep growing the bag. Absolutely. And, 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 and you said books, and I know for me, again, from our culture, from our environment, that's not encouraged. Right. You know, we can go to school not all the thing. day. Yeah, you can go to school all day long, you read a book, you're weird. Mm -hmm. What are some books that, you know, maybe some people, again, young, old alike can read that, that you felt or found kind of inspirational to? Sure. No, that, that's, that's actually a great question. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. Mm -hmm. I never was a reader. Um, I mean, it's being transparent, right? Yeah, we, we, yeah. we having real talk here. Um, but the reality is, well, I had a conversation with a guy one day, and he asked me if I had, one, any mentors, and two, if I were reading material. And I told him no, I didn't, because I didn't. Mm -hmm. And um, he pretty much asked me how did I expect to grow without learning new material or learning or getting educated about the material that I wanted to. And I really didn't have an answer. I was like, well, I, mm -hmm. I don't know. He said, well, who do you hang around? And I said, you know, just some friends that I you know, grew up with. And he said, well, what do they do? And I said, well, you know, they work. And he said, let me explain something to you. And he looked me straight in my face. He was a millionaire. He lived in Atlanta when I lived in Atlanta for a short period of time. He said, mm -hmm. when you play in an alley, you make friends with rats. And I said, wow. Pretty deep. Simple, but deep. It was very simple, but it was very profound. Yeah. Um, and basically what it meant was you are as successful as the people that you are around or the information that you put inside of you. And I was making a lot of the excuses. Oh, I don't really like the reading. It takes a lot of time. And he introduced me to Audible. This is when this was a few years ago. And he said, do you have Audible? And I said, I don't even know what Audible is, brother. Hey, dude, you must be a man after my own heart. But go and ahead. he explained to me what Audible was. <laughs> and he said, listen, this is how you can create a mobile university. And from that point on, the 26 last year, my goal is to press the envelope to get to 40 this year. Okay. I don't listen to radio. I don't watch a lot of TV, unless it's sports. Mm -hmm. I educate myself every day. I have an Audible, and, and I listen to books. So a couple of good books. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is probably the most profound book. Yes. Um, uh, the book that I'm actually reading right now is by Brian Tracy mm -hmm. called Discipline. I like that it's book. It's an amazing book. Um, it talks about basically how important discipline is to your growth as a person, to your life, to your relationship, to your finances, to your career. Not making excuses and being disciplined. Um, the Power of Broke by Damon John is a really good book. Um, he's on Shark Tank. He's uh, the CEO of FUBU. Mm -hmm. The Power of Broke is a really good book. Um, 56 book. Who, book yeah. Great book. He just put out, um, I forget the name of it. Um. He just put it out. The last one he just put out. So, it's you know I read all the time. You know I wake up. It's a part of my ritual, right? I wake up, I meditate, I pray, I get in the shower, and I listen to Audible until I leave and I'm off to meeting. And generally, when I'm in the car, I just put it on and I'm listening. So, I'm pretty much listening to books at least two to four hours a day, and it's it's been it's been 
probably one of the best things that I've ever kind of implemented in my daily, uh, my daily travels. It's so crazy. I've never asked you that question a day in my life, but even that whole routine itself is almost identical. Like Absolutely. Just to get up, the meditation, the praying, again, getting in that headspace to right. clear yourself. That's what it's to, about. To, to be able to take in that information, which, again, people just, one, one of those little nuggets, hopefully people holding on yeah. to because, again, you... In addition to the reading, and I do the same thing, my reading replaces my radio. Absolutely. And again, to your point, what are you feeding yourself? Absolutely. And you made a great point about your company you keep. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people want to have that successful buzz or be around this successful, you know, limelight, but then don't surround themselves with that element, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever that element may be. Mm -hmm. For people who says that, you know, maybe that's, I don't want to say discriminatory or, hey, you know, that's somebody's viewpoint that, hey, if you hang around a certain people. Can you explain how real that is? Well, um, they say that the perfect form of insanity is to do the same thing and expect different results, right? So, you know, um, I don't know many millionaires. I can't say that I know a billionaire. Um, it's our culture. You know, we didn't grow up around millionaires and billionaires. Um, we know a couple ball players, a couple guys who ran the street. Um, but the reality is, in order to be something different, you got to do different stuff. I don't know many millionaires, but I know how to find them. Right? There's a thing called the internet. You know, um, you know, Facebook and social media and YouTube. So instead of using those things for entertainment. You can also use them for education. And that's what I've decided to do. I think the reality is, um, and this is why this platform is, is, is dope. I appreciate, again, that you even brought me on here is because people need to see that people that look like us, it's okay. It's actually cool to read, right? Exactly. You, know, you know, back in the day, if you said you was, you was, a, you was a clown, you exactly. reading what? So I think at this point, and let alone that we're grown now. We're not 20. We were just having a conversation about our, our kids and your son and mine. You know, at 21, 22 is not necessarily the cool thing. Like, I ain't, yeah. I ain't reading, you know. But when you're older, and even I teach my son, right, um, it's cool, actually. Yeah. It's cool to be the cool kid. It's cool to read. It's cool to not necessarily do what they're doing, and, and you'll see different results. So um, within our own culture, for two black men, educated black men that do very well for themselves to be able to tell the, the youth and other black men, nah, it's cool to do this. I'm sure it'll touch somebody. Exactly. And I, th I think like you, what you mentioned is that influence, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think from the neighborhoods that we do come from, that quote unquote OG status, mm -hmm. you know, that you do get, again, take that impression and let's dump back into our, we learned this though, mm -hmm. you know, hey, we were from here, but when we got released to the wild, I learned this, and let me bring it back. And this is what we got to do. So, mm -hmm. again, just just appreciate you for that because that's that's exactly what you're doing. I think through the programs, we'll definitely head down to your restaurant. We'll talk a little more about that. But I do want to understand kind of what was that idea like? You know, because I know you were heavy on the real estate side, like mm -hmm. you said. Right? Mm -hmm. Real estate is your thing, right? And but you went to seek out this restaurant thing. What, what, what was that about? <laughs> so that that was more. Um, of a, of a cultural thing, right? So as I, um, you know, grew up in the Baltimore market, I realized that for people that look like us, mm -hmm. um, the more mature 
side of us. The, 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 I've turned up enough, I wanna still hang out. I'm still young enough to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are certain circles that I would much prefer to be around at this point. Um, it la- we lack or we lacked that um, entertainment ele- ele- element um, in Baltimore City. You know, nice restaurant, nice lounge, nice ambiance that wasn't filled with violence or a bunch of, you know, um, just, and when I say hood element, I don't mean to offend anybody, but it wasn't, you know, I wanted to create something that looked like us, right? Mm-hmm. That wasn't associated with violence and drugs and, you know, and hood, right? I wanted us to have something that the city could be proud of. So my mantra is if, if you're not a part of the solution, you're part of the problem, Definitely. right? And God put me in a position to um, build something for us. And again, and I say this a lot, it's not about me, right? You know, I built this restaurant, this lounge to offer a different outlet, a different component. You know, a lot of people go downtown and they dine downtown and they enjoy that, that, um, that ambiance and that experience. Um, our black-owned restaurants, and we have a lot of phenomenal black-owned restaurants here, but I think we were missing an element in each component for the most part, right? So the food may be great, but the ambiance may not be that nice, or the ambiance may be nice, but the neighborhood yeah. isn't so great, or the neighborhood is nice, but we're kind of lacking some customer service that we yeah. need some work on, or even the food element, right? So with, with creating Noir Restaurant and Lounge, I wanted to basically capture all of the, the elements that I think that we were missing in the city um, without being downtown, right? So my restaurant is on the 50, 5716 York Road. It's in the Govenstown community, which is still in the city, but it's not downtown city. Heavy traffic. Right, it's not heavy traffic. So I wanted to make sure that from a cultural standpoint, again, it was something here that we could go to and enjoy good music and good drinks and good food with good customer service and a great ambiance and it was safe for you know women and um, you know the younger elements, but to also allow the, the youth. Mm-hmm. My son's 16. Your son is in his 20s to be able to see black men, black people to congregate and have a good time, and um, and go home. Right, be safe, have a good time, and go home. So the element of creating this space was more about giving our culture something different. When we talk about hanging out, like if we. Prior to my establishment, everybody hung out in D.C. Yeah. Or they went to Atlanta, or they went to Houston, where you know Atlanta is considered the Black Hollywood, or you know New York. Mm-hmm. You know why can't we have something in our own backyard? Why do you got to go all the way, all the way down to D.C. to enjoy yourself? And it's because we didn't have anything. So again, I'm more of a innovative. If, if we're not, part, if I'm not a part of the solution, I'm part of the problem. So my goal was to create to create a solution. I see what you're doing. You try to do the old Pennsylvania Avenue. You trying to get the Cotton Club and everything. Back. I'm trying to. I'm trying to bring it back, brother. I'm trying to bring it back, man. And I'm not finished. I'm just getting started. I got some things hey, in the works that I'm not at liberty to talk about via my publicist. But we got some stuff working. So we. Uh, the plan is is coming. More cool, stuff is cool, coming, man. I want to hear a little bit more about the restaurant when we get down there. Absolutely. We'll, we'll definitely do that. And um, just one last thing from the real estate side. You told us where you're going in 2022 with, yep. the, with the online. We're definitely going to be waiting for the online classes. But what's next? What's next for the C Brown properties? Where do you see this thing going? Is it is it outside of Baltimore? Is it worldwide? What, sure. What, what are we doing? So currently, right now, C um, Brown Property, the real estate firm, we offer everything real estate for the exception of 
the real estate sales. So I'm a real estate agent, um, but I'm actually right now, literally tomorrow, okay. I take my broker's test. Okay. So I will be an official real estate broker. Um, I think that's really important, not only to the culture, um, but to the business out there. A ton of real estate agents, right? Um, but I think that what most real estate agents miss or lack is how to be business people. So when you become a real estate agent, in essence, you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're just under another broker, a Keller Williams, a Coldwell Banker, um, which is which is cool, right? But a lot of the people that become real estate agents don't really understand that you don't work for that brokerage. You just work under that umbrella. So my brokerage core principles, which all I have to do is pass this test, which I'm going to pass tomorrow, um, is the component to teach real estate agents how to be good business people. Okay. I'm beyond excited about that because I feel like I was an agent at one point, a, a new agent, mm-hmm. and I didn't know anything. And it was hard to get help from people that I needed the help from to become a strong real estate agent. Gotcha. So that's really going to be the, um, the essence behind core principles, is to really teach agents. And it's not subject to any one color or race. I welcome black, white, Chinese, Hispanic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Um, I welcome that component to be able to teach people how to be strong business people. So um, 2021 uh, core principles will be officially up and running. I will be welcoming agents and I really want this thing to be a strong group of polished real estate agents that's able to service the community and abroad. And the goal is to, you know, once I obviously settle into the Baltimore market in the next year or so to move that component to other markets as well. So I got some stuff coming. Well, man. Last but not least, got to ask you this question before we get Absolutely. out of here. Absolutely. I know we all dressed up, yeah. but we got sneakerheads on Trip Talk Tech. So you got to let them know, what's your favorite tennis shoe of all times? Um, favorite tennis shoe of all time. That is a good question. Um, and don't let him fool you. He, he came out the mud, but he had heck of tennis in school. So I, somehow he made a way for that one. A couple of little sneakers. Um, <laughs> so... I was a major AI fan, okay. Allen Iverson fan. Okay. The first Allen Iversons with the red. On the bottom, the asses? The, those are the ones. So those are my. Football player know about that. Absolutely. I get it. I get absolutely. It. I get those are my. Um, even till today, uh, I will wear them today like they just came out. We might have to find Mr. Brown somewhere. I'll wear them today like they have, just came out. We might have to find him some answers. So, I, I think yeah. our technology will allow us to do that. Yeah. So that's See, it. See, look at that smile on his that's face. That's it. Speaking Absolutely. of that, now I, I said that was the last question, but are you still playing football? Um, so I'm coaching okay. at this point. I, I coach um, uh, team in Rosedale, 14U. Okay. And then next year, I'll be the offensive coordinator for Woodlawn. So okay. that's All my right. roots, man. Football raised me. And um, I find that there's a lot of opportunity to um, engage, not only teach football, but to teach um, male growth, right? I've I've been coaching for probably eight years, and I love it, brother. It's a a zen for me. It's an opportunity to not only give back, but give back in the things that I love and the things that I know. I played football for 30 years and on all levels. And um, at this point, my gratification comes from seeing these kids go from not understanding what first down means to literally 
being phenomenal football players, but I also have the opportunity to embrace, because some of these kids, not only like myself, I didn't have a dad, right? So mm-hmm. I become big brother, big uncle, big homie, father, Everything. and that's, that's essential to, um, to our culture. So I, I love coaching. I'll, I'll do it for as long as God will allow me. Um, but you know, I'm I'm done with football. I've, I've hung up my cleats. <laughs> they done. Yeah, I've, hung up, I've hung up my cleats. Yeah. So. All right, Mr. Brown, we'll head over to the New Orleans restaurant. Absolutely. Good talking to you. Appreciate you, man. Hey, I appreciate my you, God. brother. Invited down to Noir Restaurant, restaurant owner Corey Brown. We're going to pick up this interview now. Back at the office, you told us your why. Mm-hmm. But what separates Noir from the rest of the dining experiences throughout Baltimore, even in the downtown area? So, um, so let me let me just kind of break down the component of of the actual restaurant. Um, so, Noir is a three part restaurant experience, right? So we have the restaurant component, which is on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Um, the second floor, we have the lounge, which is where we are. This is the ultra lounge. Um, and then we have a private dining room experience for dinner parties, birthday parties, that type of thing. Um, the goal initially was again to offer an experience. And I tell my guests when they come in all the time that the reality is you can cook at home. Mm-hmm. When you come out um, to dine, you come out for an experience. Mm-hmm. So. The goal for my partner and I was to create an experience for our guests initially. Mm-hmm. But subsequently, again, in, in the Baltimore market, because there are not a lot of black-owned establishments that offer that experience, mm-hmm. I wanted to be a part of that, um, the, the person who jump-started not only good food, but good ambiance, um, and do it for our culture, which obviously people don't know that noir is French translation for black, okay. right? So um, I educate those that aren't really familiar with that and in a very underlying way. Now, again, I'm not racist no, no, at no. all. You know, I love all people, but it's important to have something that's, that's beneficial for us. Mm-hmm. So the noir experience um, is an experience where there's no fall off from a fine dining restaurant that is downtown. I, want, I wanted you to leave a Uzo Bay, um, uh, you know, wherever downtown capitol grill and come here and not really have a fall off uh in terms of that experience but the price point's a little bit different and like you said the the name noir right we we look at it like you said not to be racist as black but i I see where you're going at with that just to have something to be proud of something to look at in, in in town right to say that you know something that we can take pride in that 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 this out all day long um, we don't, we, I mean, here in Baltimore, um, again, all respect to all yeah. our black owned establishments. Um, again, when people start to dress up and they want to look nice and when they go to a nice establishment, they tend to travel either further north, to Philadelphia, New York, or further south, DC, uh, Columbia, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's time. It's time for us to have something that you can wear some nice clothes and. 
and invite your friends and it's in your backyard. So that's the preference behind it. What's the best thing on the menu here, man? Ah, our lamb chops, man. Lamb chops. I've heard that. I've had them myself. I definitely can't. Our lamb chops are amazing. Um, uh, make sure you come check them out. Yeah. So they're marinated um, for 24 hours. We have some special marinade um, that I can't really reveal. But um, no trade secrets here. It's really good. Our food is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. Our salmon is really good. So I'll kind of explain a little bit about the menu. So it's okay. tapas style, right? So it's it's modern American food. Mm -hmm. um, it's not soul food. It's it's modern American food. We have a little bit of everything. So we have wings. When you wings and fries, when you want to hang out with the fellas, mm -hmm. um, we have some soul food. Your mac and cheese, your uh, shrimp and grits, your chicken and waffles, okay. um, and then we also have some fine dining food. Your lamb, uh, your shrimp, your uh, your steak. So we offer a variety for all, everybody, right? It's a family atmosphere. Um, and then at the later evening, we have a little bit of a turn up okay. in the lounge. Little bit, little but bit. again, it's, it's grown, right? So we do, it's a 25 and older uh, requirement that we offer. There is a dress code. Okay. Uh, What's be, that dress code, just in case I don't want nobody? Sure, no. So we do allow people to be relaxed. I call it industry industry chic or okay. industry fly. So you can wear sneakers, you can wear jeans. There are no white tees. Um, there are no hoodies on. There are no skull caps on. And definitely for the ladies, there are no uh, fairy flip-flops. All right, all right, all right, so all right. we just want to make sure that we maintain the integrity of the ambiance. I mean, obviously, if you look at the, you look at the space, um, it's elegant. It's different. It's not a you know, trashy hole in the wall. So I, I want to keep the integrity with the, with the guests. Now, I know with the pandemic, a lot of restaurants didn't survive. Mm -hmm. Didn't survive this, mm -hmm. and you're one of the lucky ones. Not even lucky. I'll say you're one of the ones that, that plan well, mm -hmm. work to a point to mm -hmm. be able to stay open. I'm a technology guy, mm -hmm. so did you have to incorporate any technologies to stay afloat during the pandemic? Um, I know you were a dine-in <laughs> restaurant. Um, yeah, was dining out an option already, or did you have to kind of hurry up and get with your team and figure that out? It was it was a tough transition. Um, the restaurant, our restaurant, is set up specifically for dining, mm -hmm. right? So the the ambiance, the feel, um, it is not a carryout. It wasn't set up for carryout. It was set up specifically for people, as I said from the beginning, mm -hmm. um, to create an experience. We, you know, the goal is to create an experience. Well, you can't quite create an experience when your food is in a box, mm -hmm. but under the pandemic, we had to adjust. So absolutely, the technology component was, um, was implemented, right? We, uh, again, with my, with my team, we jumped in and we got on your local platforms, your Uber Eats, your Grubhubs, your Postlets, um, just to be able to still offer our normal clientele the opportunity to still eat the food that they enjoyed. Mm -hmm. um, when they offered the outside seating for a short period of time, we were able to kind of maneuver, but unfortunately it was in a time where the weather was still cold, okay. but we okay. still had people that came to support. Okay. And then when, when we got to the 50% component, uh, of which thank God first, we were back at 100%, but prior to that, um, it was a bit of a transition. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, um, we did plan appropriately uh, because I do, my, myself and my partner, um, we also have outside businesses that we were able to financially, not necessarily live off the revenue that we had saved for the for the restaurant, we made it through, which is a blessing because there are a lot of businesses that unfortunately didn't make it through. So, um, you know, shout out for those that did, um, both black and white owned businesses, yeah. it doesn't matter because it impacted yeah. people of all race 
And uh, I'm looking forward to what, you know, um, 2021 and abroad has in store. I mean, we're now at a 400% capacity. Cool. Completely. And all, like, prior to the closing of the pandemic, we were only open in the restaurant and the private dining. The, re- the lounge portion wasn't even completely open. Okay. So now that we are all, you know, 100% open, um, it's good. Things have been things have been great. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm looking forward to it. And exciting times for your new patrons because they probably never saw this spot, huh? Absolutely. When people are excited to come outside, you know, yeah, people have been in the house for the last year and some change. Um, there's a little bit more consumer confidence. People saved a lot of money by not being out True. spending money. So uh, it's good. And then to be honest with you, um, there 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 is no other um, experience like you're gonna get at Noir. And I'm just being honest. You know. That's what's up. The field, the customer service, um, it's no other field. And, and it is black owned and we have black employees, right? So I wanted to make it my point to not just service our own, but to make sure that our young black girls and our young black boys that had kids and that they had an opportunity to make some money. So it was purposeful. It wasn't, it was, uh, it was definitely intentional. Okay. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, so this is a little personal for me because mm-hmm. my daughter. She, she's uh, very heavy in the culinary arts, and, and, and she actually wants to own a restaurant. Nice. What will you tell her or any other, anybody, young, old alike, I want to start a restaurant? Again, I know that wasn't your lane. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Um, it, it doesn't have to be step by step, but, you know, high level, 30,000 foot view. Absolutely. I, I'm sure that could be a, a, a long <laughs> answer. So it's a labor of love. Okay. I'll tell you that right now. If it's not something that you enjoy doing, mm-hmm. I don't recommend you getting in. It's a lot of work, brother. Okay. There are a lot okay. of uh, late nights. I mean, I, I didn't get home last night until 3 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And that's generally customary. That's normal for me at this point. Um, so the first thing that you definitely want to do is make sure that it's something that you love. Not even like. No. you got to love mm-hmm. this. This is a labor of love. Um, but once you've got past that portion, it's no different than what I said about the real estate aspect, right? You want to educate yourself because there are a lot of people that jump into this business with the best intention. Mm-hmm. But because you don't understand the other components behind running an actual establishment, the business owner part, mm-hmm. um, they lose focus. Um, I read a book and I'm trying to remember the book. Um, and I'll, I'll get back to it. But it basically talks about the idea of being a technician, a manager, and an owner. So people that actually have culinary skills think that they can own a restaurant. And that's so far from the truth. Mm-hmm. Just because you can cook doesn't mean that you can run a restaurant. It just means you're a cook. that you you're can a great cook. cook. You're yeah. a great cook. And a lot of people that um, start off with that idea think, oh, well, you know, I've cooked for my family and I've done different events and, and I can run an establishment. And, uh, and that's not the case. So, so the first thing that I would do is first evaluate yourself. Make sure that it's something that you actually want to do. Okay. And then... Um, get educated you got to get educated on the financial component right you got to get educated on how it functions i mean a lot of people don't even understand that most restaurateurs in terms of profitability is really only between six to ten percent you're not going to make an astronomical amount of money unless your margins are you know in a good place (laughs) correct and then the other thing is um you have to understand how to work with people Mm -hmm. from both a customer standpoint and an employee standpoint right because you have customers that service people Mm -hmm. that cook people that clean and then also you have to cater to your guests. So if you're not really good with people, it's not going to work as well. So it's a combination of, um, and you have to understand how the team build. 
because I can't do this by myself. I don't cook. I'm going to be honest with you. But I know how to build teams and I know how to get people excited and inspired and I know how to put people in the places that they're best suited. So that's kind of where um, I'm better suited in this in this whole uh, grand scheme of things. I don't cook, right? I'm, I'm not the best cook, marginally cook, but I run an establishment. So if for nothing else, those are the things that I would probably advise to anybody who's interested. But it's a, I mean, it's a, if it's something that you love, I, I advise you jump into it. One point you made that was a great point as far as the team. Mm-hmm. You don't, to run a business, you don't have to know every single piece of the puzzle, but you can get the best people and bring that team together to accomplish what you, you, you want to get done. Now, from a pride standpoint, mm-hmm. what has to happen there as being the owner but to make sure that you're interfacing in a way to make the team go. Well, so what I'll say about this is if you are a smart owner, right, <laughs> then pride is not even, it shouldn't be mm-hmm. um, at the forefront, right? I'm the person that's okay with putting my pride aside to allow those that are better than me in the areas that they specialize in to run that actual area. Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why I do have a publicist who runs that portion. I have cooks that run that point. I have mm-hmm. people that run my private dining room space because I'm good at what I'm good at, Exactly. right? I'm a designer, I'm a teacher, I'm an educator. That's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. I stay in my lane and I'm perfectly fine with it. The smartest business owner is the person who's okay with finding the perfect people, the people that are actually smarter than him to put him in that position. So um, that was an easy transition for me. I know it's hard for some people, especially because they do want to be on the forefront and they do want to take the credit, but mm-hmm. It's about us, brother. It's not, you know, there's no iron team. And I learned that, you know, obviously through sports. Right? Through sports. So uh, that's, that's a really, really important uh, component of running a business, period. And, and people don't get that all the time. Again, they, and I, I ask you to repeat that from that standpoint, right? Everybody hears the word boss. Mm-hmm. And I want to be a boss. And boss doesn't necessarily mean lordship over somebody head. You know, it's not about just telling X what to do. Mm-hmm. Being a boss is, to your point, not about me. Mm-hmm. I'm really responsible for these people and what they want to do next. Right. Whether that's make, you know, while the greatest restaurant in the world or whatever you're going to do, but while you're here, my care, I got to take care of that. And Correct. I don't think people understand what that does to you personally mm-hmm. and some of the sacrifices that you have to give to make sure that the whole team can win. Yeah. You know, um, so again, one of those things that, that, that we salute you for is just. I appreciate that. As a, as a, as a leader. Um, so to kind of wrap things up, man, uh, I, I know you, you're just doing great things. Obviously, we got this lounge all set up, mm-hmm. and that's new for your customers. But mm-hmm. what's coming up? What's coming up? Uh, anything from on the technology front, anything? Just where you see Noir? Do you see this going past Baltimore? Absolutely. Um, now I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, I'll start with the technology piece. I mean, right now, um, we are, just because a lot of things are cutting edge, Efficiency is important, right? So when you take a look at things like Amazon, uh, Tesla, um, they haven't recreated the wheel. They've basically um, utilized the newfound technology to implement in the service or product that they offer to make it more efficient. So it's about efficiency, right? So um, we have implemented some things uh, in the restaurant to work on our productivity and efficiency because the reality is the more efficient you are the better your system will run and business is about systems period so there's a lot of things from you know bottle service menus to staffing to 
um, QR code for our menus or some of the things that, um, again, one of those things that I wasn't really privy of, but my team put it in place and it works out much better, not only with the pandemic being in place, but just moving forward, because now we look like the new technology savvy restaurant in comparison to the old restaurants that aren't really offering that. So a lot of things are coming in place with that. A lot of things that we have in place are working really well. But moving forward, um, now that things are dying down with the um, urgency of the pandemic, the goal is to scale the brand. Um, our next location is going to be in the Prince George's County market, mm-hmm. which we're looking for locations right now. It has to be a perfect location, though. Okay. But Noir, uh, the goal is to have uh, 15 to 20 different uh, uh, restaurant brands around the country. So um, I'm going to scale further south. Okay. So it's going to be the D.C. market, North Carolina, Atlanta, um, uh, potentially Florida, Alabama. So I want to hit prominent black markets, Houston, Mm -hmm. Chicago, Louisiana. um, And I'll definitely touch on some of the major markets like New York. But again, because this is a black-owned establishment and it's French translation for black, I think it's no better um, way to brand the business or brand the restaurant than putting it putting a restaurant into black prominence, black excellence. Um, and again, it's no disrespect to any other race mm-hmm. or culture. Get it, get it. Um, but now it's time for us to be proud of something for us, mm-hmm. right? And I'm for us all day. Again, yeah, I have yeah. no disrespect to any other race or culture, but I'm full minds, 110%. So um, this brand is going to be a major brand. People are going to know all about it. And uh, so that's the next step. So DC is, uh, Prince George's County, DC is, is, uh, is next in line. And uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited about what we what we can do with this thing. Man, I'm excited for you. It sounds like a lot of great things coming mm-hmm. for you and Noir. And like you said, I, I definitely like your mission. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the expansion, expanding the same love in, in the field that we probably get here in Baltimore for mm-hmm. seeing that. I'm sure in other regions they would get the same type of That's pride, the goal. Man. That's the goal. Stick with it, my brother. Absolutely. Hey, man, I know you got a restaurant to run. So I do. So I want to thank you. And uh, for your time, thanks Absolutely. for coming on the show. We appreciate you. We appreciate all the gems you dropped on us. Thanks for having me, hey, man. man. We're going to keep this thing going, brother. We'll I do. appreciate you. Hey, man, I appreciate your all time. Right, and uh, you guys uh, keep moving forward with what you got going on as well. You're already, man. Thanks right, a lot. Yep.